And we're back. And after a one-week hiatus, Maddie G is back. And it feels good to get behind this mic and talk with the big homie Colby about what's been going on in the hawk's nest. And let me tell you something. My goodness, has there been things have has there been things going on? Because we got nine trades to talk about on this edition of the pod. But before we get into that, I don't want to, you know, get us off track for too long. How's it going, Colby? It's uh it's going, man. Uh been a hectic week for I think pretty much the entire country. So uh, it's nice to just kind of, uh, you know, log on and uh, talk about something as silly as fantasy football and, um, you know, have, have some fun. It's, it's, uh, it's been a while since we've talked. So, uh, and a lot has happened. So this is, uh, this could be a really uh, fun show, uh, at least for, you know, the people listening to this. Um, For us, it's, it's hard work to get, you know, nine trades and however many transactions into as close to an hour as we can, but we're going to give it our best shot and uh, see what we can do. That's right. We will do the best that we can, but um, I think that it, it might be, we might have bit off, bitten off a little bit more than we could chew. Thanks to the other 12 members of the league here. They, But, you know, honestly, I think a huge a huge part of what's going on here is everybody can kind of sense that we're moving towards the end of the fantasy regular season. It's just getting closer and closer. And the trade deadline is uh, week 11. And I know we talk about this every year. And I just don't remember if, if when it says the trade deadline is week 11, that means Monday night football week 11, correct? I think so. Um, we have this conversation every year. Um, I know that since you can trade players who have already played, um, you know, for the week, it would lead me to believe that the last day or the last time you can hit the trade button would be that Monday night football game. But I do specifically remember last year, the trade deadline ended expired at like a midnight. Um, I, I don't remember the day, but I do remember it expired at midnight because Garza didn't respond to a trade offer. And that was his undoing on that trade deadline, uh, whatever, whatever day it was. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know for sure. Um, it's something we should probably double check well, and think, make sure everybody's aware of. I think that the wording here is very important because it says in the league settings, when you set the deadline, it says trades will not process or will not be whatever you can't trade after at the conclusion of week 11 or at the end of week 11 or whatever whatever week you choose so if, if we're gonna base it off of the wording there at the conclusion of or at the end of or after such and such week then i would i could only assume that it has to be monday night you know what once it's 11 59 p.m on monday week 11 that's all she wrote. So that's my best guess. That's my yeah. best guess. I think, and honestly, you'd think we would remember, but you're right. We talk about we talked about this exact same thing last year, and what did we learn? <laughs> Apparently, nothing. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into these trades because we got plenty of them. 
Sure. So the the first deal that we have here is Derek and Brian. Derek has seen his ship begin to sink, and he is trying to do something. And by try to, trying to do something, what I really mean is apparently anything. Not that that being <laughs> that being said, uh, Brian actually treated him well. And there's you know there's been other moments in the league uh, it, this season where maybe Derek wasn't, in my opinion, treated quite so well. But I think that you know he didn't get nothing here. He didn't get he didn't get you know he didn't get hustled. I would say. You know, so Derek trades Deshaun Watson and Cooper Cup to Brian in exchange for Cam Newton, Adam Thielen, and DeAndre Swift. So I'll let you go ahead and take the floor here and give give us your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so it's from a value standpoint, I guess I get it. Um, I don't see how this trade improves you know Derek's fledgling playoff hopes um he takes a downgrade at quarterback uh he makes a I I guess you'd call it an upgrade at wide receiver though I'm not quite sure how much we've talked about Thielen in the past and how touchdown regression was coming um it just he was scoring too many touchdowns for how you know few times Kirk Cousins was throwing the football and now he's gone two weeks in a row without a touchdown it's not that surprising. And Cooper Cup been been a bit disappointing this year, I think. Uh, most of his owners would say, uh, but uh, still, you know, a solid number two wide receiver. And then DeAndre Swift. I mean, we thought he was the guy. He looked like he was going to become the guy, and he just hasn't yet. Um, so it, it's interesting here. I, I think the I think you know, if you look at it you try to look at it from, you know, the most fair lens for both guys. Uh, Deshaun Watson to Cam Newton's a pretty significant downgrade, um, especially for uh, especially for uh, Derek because his number two quarterback is Sam Darnold. I mean, <laughs> you can't really afford to get worse at your QB1 if your QB2 is Sam Darnold. Uh, so I, I don't get that. And then you get a... I mean, we can call it an upgrade, sure, uh, for Thielen uh, to Cooper Cup. I don't think it's as significant as the current rankings make it seem, but we can call it an upgrade. And he gets DeAndre Swift on top of it. So I kind of look at it as Thielen for Cup, and then it's Cam Newton and DeAndre Swift for Deshaun Watson. And like you said, Brian didn't like didn't rob him or anything like that. The valuation is decent at, enough for both sides here. It just, I, it, it doesn't, it feels like a desperate move from Derek. Um, and I just, I mean, I, I don't see this working out for him uh, at all. So uh, it, it is worth noting again that this trade happened, oh, before week, uh, what, week nine started. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, I don't know matchups or anything like that. I didn't take that, that deep of a look into it, but. So maybe there was a matchup play that Derek was trying to take advantage of or whatever. But this is the type of stuff you can see when one team's, you know, struggling to keep their head above water and the other team is, I don't want to say, you know, that, that 
Brian is, you know, definitely in the playoffs or definitely in a really good spot, but he's in a significantly better spot than Derek is. And uh, he, so he can kind of take advantage right now. So uh, like you said, I, I don't think Brian like robbed Derek. I just think that it was a pretty clear uh, and easy accept, uh, you know, quick hit the accept button for Brian. Sure. Well, I'm going to co-sign everything that you just said because I feel like I don't really have anything else to add. I think that you you hit the nail on the head here. Um, you know, as, as startling as it is to see Adam Thielen get moved, um, you're right. We did discuss, you know, the potential for regression as the season progressed. And, uh, and that being said, you know, Brian got Deshaun Watson, excuse me, Deshaun Watson and Cooper Cup. So, I mean... He's not complaining. And what really, like, what's the difference between Thielen and Cup? I mean, yeah, you'd probably rather have Thielen, but Cooper Cup is, that's not nothing. And when you're upgrading from Cam Newton to Deshaun Watson, I mean, that's just a no-brainer. So, um, I think that, uh, I think you're spot on with just, with just, you know, painting the picture here of, of Derek and at this stage of the of the game he's just flailing he's just flailing out here and you hate to see it but here we are so <clears throat> moving on to the next deal here and it also features Derek and this deal was Derek adds Derek trades away um, Nick Chubb to Jake Smith in exchange for Ronald Jones and CeeDee Lamb. I am not going to comment on this trade, um, just the principle of it. <laughs> I have not, I honestly, I have nothing to say about this trade. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'll leave it at that. If you want to say something, then you're welcome to say something, but I, I just don't have anything to say about this particular trade right here. Uh, in the defense of Derek, uh, Nick Chubb was on bye week nine and he's trying to win. Uh, he kind of has to in his position. So he takes Ronald Jones, who's been pretty good, and CeeDee Lamb, who's been pretty good. Um, and, you know, I, I get what Derek was going for here. I just think he could have gotten more for Chubb elsewhere. And I don't know how this deal went down. I don't know if, you know, Derek just sent out some offers and Jake was the first one to hit accept. I don't know if these guys talked about this or not, uh, but I do understand where Derek was trying to go, trying to get a chance to win in week nine, because you're kind of in the, t- in, Derek's kind of in a position where he needs to run the table. Um, so guys on by, they hurt him. Uh, unfortunately for him, uh, CeeDee Lamb is on by this week. Uh, and Ronald Jones, I think has a week 13 by, so correct yeah it, it's i mean it, like i said it's just jake again these are jake and brian are two teams that are in a good spot uh playoff wise and they have a little bit of extra that they can trade Derek that Derek kind of needs so they take advantage um so like i said i get what Derek was going for here i understand it um and we're kind of to that point of the year where trade value or trying to win trades is more irrelevant than trying to, you know, 
thin roster building, if that makes sense. Um, you're just not that concerned about, am I getting full value for this guy? Because look, I, I can't afford to get full value. I kind of have to take what I can get right now just so I can, you know, stay alive. Uh, so like I get what Derek was doing, but, uh, I just think it was poorly executed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It sure was. Um, (laughs) moving on to the next, uh, the next trade. Here we go. This is a deal that is close to my heart because, because it literally was a dagger right in my heart. Yes, sir. Uh, you made just a clutch last second move right before kickoff on Sunday. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> and added Juju and Austin Hooper um, in a deal with Brian in exchange for Kareem Hunt. So what was the thought process in uh, you know behind this deal outside of, of wanting to beat me? well uh you just hit the nail on the head um so basically this deal has a long history behind it uh brian as a surprise to no one we've been talking about tyree kill for a long time um you know and it looked like we were moving towards getting maybe something done uh but then obviously another opportunity popped up so i had to put that on hold but brian still wanted cream hunt uh hunt was on buy i was eight and eight and i was uh, I was, I was, you know, struggling. I'd gone Oh, and two, three weeks in a row. I was out of the playoff picture. Uh, hunt wasn't going to help me this week. And I was kind of looking, you know, at matchups here and I have, I have Josh Jacobs. I have Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, so running back versus wide receiver doesn't really matter all that much to me at this point. Um, cause I'm able to fill those two running back slots with, you know, great players. So, uh, it was getting Austin Hooper, uh, a tight end who I intended on using and having a major upgrade uh, at my tight end spot. Uh, didn't end up working out, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then Juju was pure. The reason I, I kind of focused on Juju and we talked about a lot of other players, Brian and I, um, yeah, it was, you had Ben Roethlisberger going up against the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought, hmm, you know, that's probably a 30 point bomb at least uh, for big Ben. Uh, so how do I make those 30 points hurt me less after you've already had Devonte Adams go out there and throw up what 30 points or something like that on me? Well, let's go trade for his best target. And every time, you know, Roethlisberger completes a pass to Juju, it's actually a positive for me as opposed to a positive for you. Um, so a little bit of gamesmanship there, a little bit of, I wanted Juju to take advantage of that bad secondary. He did for the most part, and Roethlisberger did go out and put up a 30-point bomb, so um, I needed it. Uh, you look at the the difference between me starting Juju and me starting Jamison Crowder, who I was originally going to start, it, it was pretty close to making a difference. I don't know if, I think it was about eight points, and we were separated by like 8.5-ish, so I don't know for sure if, it, if I traded for a win here, but it sure seems like it, um, and you know, valuation wise, I think this is a pretty fair value, especially with Nick Chubb coming back. Um, Cream Hunt's still, I think, a solid number two running back, even with Nick Chubb. Um, but obviously, it hurts his value that he's no longer the guy in that backfield. So I took a chance and uh, it paid off, at least for one week. Yeah, it sure did. And it was really 
it was really one of those things, as I described it to you when we talked on Sunday, it's like that was really kind of like a hinge game where it was like, you know, two teams that are like really kind of vying to stay in the in the middle of that playoff picture and um, and a win in you know, a win in that matchup uh, was huge. And uh, and from my perspective, you know, unfortunately, it didn't uh, didn't go my way. But um, damn, I mean, like I said, you know, you made moves and it paid off for you. We both put up huge points, but that was uh, that you know, like you said, that was just a really strategic uh, trade that you were able to pull off at the at the twenty third hour. And um, yeah, I mean, a win. When you trade for a win, um, I mean, that's that's huge. That's really big, especially especially given where we're at at this point of the season and where your team is at in terms of your win loss record. So, um, and it's not like it's not like the pieces that you acquired aren't going to be able to contribute uh, moving forward. You know, you didn't just trade for a win for one week. You know, so. Um, Damn, good for you. I mean, I wish you. I wish. I wish this wouldn't have happened, but it did. And I can't. I can't be surprised when it's Brian and and Colby getting into trade talks. You know some. You know some troubles going down. So, um, all right. Our next deal here is TJ and Steven. You don't see very many uh, deals between those two, and it looks like TJ acquired Will Fuller and Gerald Everett from Steven in exchange for DJ Moore and Dalton Schultz. I'm, as I hesitate to make sure I'm pronouncing his name because we're not really sure who this guy is. Um, but he has contributed and stepped up um, for Dallas because coming into the season, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz wasn't supposed to be the guy. Um but you know, God, who was the guy? He, I, I, you drafted him in a couple leagues, I think. No, uh, I haven't. Blake Jarwin. There you go, Jarwin. Jarwin was supposed to be the tight end for the Cowboys, um, but he went out for the season really early. I think week one. Um, yep. And so, anyhow, what are your thoughts on on this deal? Because honestly, if we're gonna if we're gonna break it down in its most simple form. Um, basically you have Everett and Schultz are sort of like just these, these like, you know, tertiary pieces that are not really, they're, they're, they're like, they're in the deal, but they're not really. And then you look at it and it's fuller and more. So I guess I would ask you the, I'll ask you the question like this. Who would you rather have rest of season? Will Fuller or DJ Moore? Uh, Will Fuller. I would say Fuller as well. Um, I guess maybe you make an argument that Steven gets a minor edge at tight end, but I'm not really sure that that anyone would make that argument. Um, Maybe. In in the end... I think it's a minor edge. But in the end, these aren't like impact tight ends anyways. No. So really, really what matters here is 
did you get the better, better receiver? And Steven is going out on a limb here. And also, maybe I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think DJ Moore has had his bye. Week 13. There you go. So, so there's another win for TJ. Not only did he get the better, arguably the better receiver, I think he got the better receiver. Not only did he get the better receiver, but he got the receiver, the better receiver who has had his bye. And, um, wow. Good move yeah. for TJ. Great move for TJ. Not to say yeah. that, listen, not to say that Steven didn't get anything. I like DJ right. Moore and Dalton Schultz fine too. I mean, it's, it's, it's relatively fair value. It's not an awful deal. I would just personally, I would rather have uh, TJ's side of the trade here. Sure. I, I, I think, you know, uh, it, it's a challenge trade in every sense of the word. It's like you mentioned, it's so easy to just pair the tight ends together because they're roughly in the same ballpark. And I think the wide receivers are roughly in the same tier. Um, I, I think you could find people who who would still, you know, believe in DJ Moore because I don't know if you remember this, but way back in August, DJ Moore was like a trendy third round pick who was going to catch, you know, 100 balls on 150 targets. And he was going to be the guy in a Teddy Bridgewater-led offense. And the offense was going to be fun and creative. And for the most part, it has been a fun and creative offense. And Teddy Bridgewater's been quite good. It's just Robbie Anderson's been the guy. And DJ Moore's kind of been underutilized. So uh, Will Fuller has his injury history that you have to be worried about. Um, but he definitely has a better quarterback throwing to him. Uh, it's, it's just a challenge straight at the end of the day. Um, Ultimately, I think it was a good move on TJ's part. I like you said. I, I think it's, I think it's fair. I, I think you know if Steven could come on and he could make the case for DJ Moore, and it, it could make sense. Um, I will say this though: like you mentioned, DJ Moore has a Week 13 buy. It's worth noting Dalton Schultz. He's on buy this week, so um, Will Fuller and Gerald Everett have both had their buys. So. Uh, I don't know how much that came into play for TJ, but it uh, it's a nice little bonus to say the least. And I, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to guess. This is just, just a guess. I don't know. I haven't looked that far ahead. Do TJ and Steven play each other week 13? Oh my God. I, I think, I think I play Steven week 13, but I don't know for sure. Um, but that just popped in my head. I was like, I wonder if these two guys face off in week 13. Um, Steven to Steven's plays, credit. Steven plays Jake week 13. Okay. To Steven's credit on the whole buy situation, he's 13 and five. He's riding that uh, Dalvin Cook train to the number one seed right now. Um, so buys to him, not as important as buys to somebody like TJ or myself or you who are kind of battling for a playoff spot right now. So just to his credit on the buy situation here, um, it's I've said bye way too many times. Um, I, I think it's a better deal for TJ. Agreed. Um, moving on, the most anticipated, daddy. the most anticipated discussion as far as trades are concerned, maybe in the history of the Hawks' nest. All right. As easy. as Maddie G gets on the league chat last uh, last night and sounds off. And, and I'll, I'll just, you know, like I said, I didn't say anything that was untrue. The trade offers that I, that I revealed, that I unveiled, they were real offers that actually were floated out there. I didn't just make this shit up. 
Um, that being said, uh, other people shared some offers that they threw out there and we're proud of them. And some of people, <coughs> Steven, should maybe be embarrassed by their offer. Did you see that? Did you see what I, he said? I didn't I did not actually. I, I work nights, so if this happened, you know, after about seven o'clock or so, then I didn't see most of it. Um what 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 did Steven say he had offered? Steven Steven said that his trade offer let me go to Steven's roster real quick just so just so I can make sure I get this right. He said that his offer his offer yes, okay, here we go. His trade offer to Tyler for Russell Wilson was Nick Mullins and Kyle Allen if he could get him off of TJ. No comment. Okay. <laughs> that was his trade offer for, <laughs> for Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh, that's good shit. So you're you're saying Tyler made the right decision. I was just like, why would you even why would you even let anybody know that you ever offered that? <laughs> that's terrible. You're not doing I oh, I told him man. I told him this morning, that's bad for business. <laughs> you gotta you gotta guard your reputation. <laughs> My God. Oh boy. Wow. But anyways, okay. all right. Sorry so, I missed that last night. Yeah, so so the trade offer, the trade offer that was accepted, the trade that actually went down for Russell Wilson, you acquired Russell Wilson and Alexander Madison from Tyler in exchange for Kirk Cousins, Austin Hooper, Tyreek Hill, and Zach Moss. So I think that probably the best way to go about this is maybe, um, maybe just tell us about like the process of negotiating this trade and, and, and your thoughts on, as far as that's concerned here. Sure. Um, so about, oh, I don't know, three weeks ago, give or take, I threw out a, kind of a random crazy offer to uh, Tyler via text. I texted him and I said, hey, you know, just out of curiosity, would you would you trade Russell or would you consider trading Russell for Matt Ryan and Tyreek Hill? And he said no. And I was like, okay, that's, that's perfectly fair. Um, and thank you for your time. And that was pretty much it. Um, and then last week, uh, or I, I should say over the last couple of days, uh, you know, he texted me and he said, you know, do you want to make an offer on Russell? And I, I didn't think he was all that serious. And then he had mentioned that you had made an offer. He had mentioned that Brian was interested. He would mention that TJ had made him an offer. Um, and, uh, I, I hadn't heard about Steven for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, Anywho, uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, he, he asked me my original offer um, was, I, th- I think it was Hill and Ryan. It might have been Ryan and Kareem Hunt. Um, I can't quite remember exactly what it was, but I think it, I think it was Ryan for Hunt was my first offer a few weeks ago. Um, but anyways, so he, he asked me if that was my original offer, and I said, yeah, I mean, that still stands. And then he asked about Tyreek Hill uh, and Matt Ryan and uh, – Zach Moss uh, was kind of where we left things on Saturday night. Uh, that's that's where we kind of ended. And Tyler said, hey, man, I'll talk to you on uh, Monday uh, after I see how this week goes. Uh, so doesn't really get in touch with me on Monday. 
so I just kind of figure, oh, he's, he's going to take Matt's deal because he had told me a little bit about what you were offering. Um, although I figured uh, that Ben Roethlisberger's potential injury and obviously Kyle Allen, those hurt your guys' offers, right? So I was like, yeah, maybe. Um, anyway, so he texted me on Tuesday and he, he asked me about doing Kirk Cousins instead of Matt Ryan. And he would do that if I added in Austin Hooper. Um, and that's not something I really wanted to do, to be all that honest with you. Um, I knew why Tyler did. Uh, Tyler is in a similar position to Derek, where he's fighting for his playoff life right now. And he can't really afford to trade for two guys on their bye, being Tyree Kill and Matt Ryan. Um, it's not it's not good for business. Uh, you, know, you make a $200 investment, you can't just flush it down the toilet by trading for a couple of guys on their week 10 bye uh, when you need to win. So that's kind of how the deal came forward. I didn't, I really resisted adding Hooper at first because my tight ends have been so bad all year long, like just ridiculously bad all year long. Um, and I finally had one that I liked, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's Kirk cousins going from Kirk cousins to Russell Wilson. Uh, it's pairing Russell Wilson with Matt Ryan while still having, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara and uh, Josh Jacobs and hopefully eventually Kenny Galladay and a pretty solid core of number two wide receivers. And at the end of the day, that's where it just, it's too much for me to not, uh, not take that and just kind of try and, and cobble together the tight end situation. Um, so it's, it's a deal that I feel like the best way to break this down, honestly, is that if you just look at it from a value standpoint, Tyler wins the trade, which is fine because I'm not worried about winning trades. I'm worried about trying to win the league. And I think I improved my odds of winning the league as, you know, as crazy as that might sound to other people. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to know how you kind of viewed this trade. I know that uh, you had your own offer that you thought was pretty aggressive. It, it clearly wasn't because I won uh, <laughs> twice. I beat you twice this week. How about that? Um, but I, I am curious to know, you know, what, what uh, you thought when you saw it go down and what you think of the, uh, decision by both Tyler and myself. Okay. Well, I think what well, I thought <laughs> my thought when I saw that it went down is, well, so here's the deal. The thing for me is, is that when I'm at work, I get one 30 minute break and it's, it doesn't happen at the same time every day. It just depends on how my day is going, but get a 30 minute break. And usually what I do in my 30 minute break is I say, Hey, let's take a look at this league chat. Let's see what's going on here. And then I hop on the league chat and see what's been going on, check the latest updates on what's going on in the NFL. Well, on November 10th, when I got on, which it must have been minutes before this deal was accepted, not a whole lot was going on. It was a beautiful, wonderful, sensational day in the universe. Everything was as it needed to be. And then suddenly there was a disturbance. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't get to see that until I got home uh, late on, on the tenth, and um, and so basically what happened was actually what happened was I called Cam and hey did you see the trades that went down, and I said oh no, because that's what I always say when I find out the trades go down. the The best day of the year for me, Christmas is actually the trade deadline. When all you bastards are stuck with what you have. It's my favorite day. I celebrate it uh, with waffles. 
But anyways, um, and uh, so he said, I said, oh no. Well, well, what happened? And then Cam told me, and basically my reaction went something like this. No! <laughs> and something like that. And he said, he said, what? What? I said, he wasn't supposed to trade Russell to Colby. <laughs> and and here we are. So that was pretty much my thought. And then I was like, well, let's hear the other pieces. Let's hear what happened. And then naturally what you're going to do is you're going to hear the package that was accepted and you're going to compare it to what you were throwing out there. Tyler loves to criticize me for throwing Jake Luton into the trade. And it's like, dude, the reason that Jake Luton was in the deal is because you said that you wanted two quarterbacks. Colby didn't give you two quarterbacks. So apparently that's that apparently that's not what he wanted. Apparently he didn't want two quarterbacks. Um, and if he wanted to negotiate some more, we could have negotiated some more, but he didn't want to. He wanted uh, he wanted for whatever reason, he really it seems to me like he was just really stuck on Tyreek Hill. He just really wanted Tyreek. But nonetheless, um, and that's fine. I get it. I mean, like, Clyde is one of those guys who, you know, has, you know, the last couple weeks, the volume's been down. The Colts, or the, excuse me, the Chiefs haven't needed to run the ball. And, and so he's been fine. He, like, the points are still, are still there. Um, but the volume isn't there. And that scares people off a little bit. A lot of the time so um so anyhow but Tyreek has been really productive so I could understand you know Andy's an established star and stuff so um so I understand it from that standpoint but but like I said top to bottom uh, I feel I feel like TJ had a great offer I think I had a really competitive offer I think that you know Tyler might have actually been been best suited to continue negotiating he he made it seem to me like like there was a good chance that he was going to wait till the deadline before he mm-hmm. pulled the trigger and if he pulled the trigger at all because because you know it's one of those things where if you feel like hey it's too far gone then like why wouldn't you just go out with your favorite player i mean right we all know how much he loves Russ. so mm-hmm. if you're not going to win then then it's like, hey, you know, if you have Russell Wilson on your t- on your team in the consolation ladder, then like you're probably not going to the Jamarcus. Um, but anyhow, you know, he had a lot of offers. I'm actually, I after I sent my offer and talked to him a little bit, I was sort of, I was sort of th- under the impression, like, you know what, he's not going to move him. He doesn't have it in him. He, you know, right. um, I was shocked that he did it. I was shocked that he did it, and and now that I've talked to you and kind of gotten a little bit of the backstory, I'm surprised that he would rather Kirk Cousins and Austin Hooper than Matt Ryan. Although the bye week thing, that makes sense too. But all things being equal, if bye weeks were not an issue, really, what maybe he would have been best best suited if he if he would have waited another week, wait another mm-hmm. week if he wanted your offer, wait another week. And then trade for well, what I would have done, or at least what I think his best option with you would have been, 
wait another week, get past those buys, and then take Matt Ryan and Tyreek Hill. Matt Ryan, yeah. Tyreek Hill, and Zach Moss. That's that's pretty damn good, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this isn't bad either, and this kind of fills this kind of fills more holes for him um, because he also gets the tight end. So. I, I guess, man, I guess it's just kind of shocking to think that Russell Wilson, having the season that he's been having, that he would get moved. And you and you know that if he is going to get moved, if the person that's rostering him has any semblance of sense about them, they're going to get a they're going to get a massive, you know, a massive package of players in return. So, um here we are. That's what we're looking at. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyhow, moving on. There was another big trade that happened also on the 10th. Between This one was between Cam and Brian. And Cam, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, um, although I'm sure most of you have probably seen this, he explained his, um, you know, his rationale here why he wanted to pull the trigger on this deal with Brian. So Cam adds Stafford, Zeke, and Sterling Shepard in exchange for Aaron Rodgers, AJ Green, and James White. And to me, just just as far as just the the fun fact about this trade, think about what's probably been a week. In the in the past week, Brian has made two deals and has gone from having one of the most precarious quarterback situations in the league to having Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's a guy who's serious about making a playoff push. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that, how that plays out for him. Um, yeah, because that is pretty, pretty crazy, um, if you ask me. As for Cam, he wanted to go for more, um, more. he wanted more startable pieces. Right. Um, and so, and then he explained that, you know. So, um, I guess for me, the question in terms of who, quote unquote, wins this deal the, qu- the biggest question for me is with Rodgers. And, and where it lies is simply just this. Like, Aaron Rodgers' touchdown percentage has been through the roof. And he's having a sensational season, one of the best of his entire career. And down the stretch here, his schedule gets pretty rough. Yep. And so the question is, is what are you going to get? And maybe sometimes when you have players who are, who are playing at you know, career career high levels. Um, you know, the sort of the conventional wisdom about you know efficiency. Um, it just kind of goes out the window, and it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter how many games it's been, or how efficient they've been, or who the opponents are, how difficult is the schedule. Um, you know, when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. I guess. I mean. I know it doesn't make any sense. That's not exactly the most logical way to think about it. But you look at it. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen this the past couple of years. You know, two years ago with Mahomes. Last year with Lamar. 
And this year, to a to a certain extent, we're seeing it with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Um, when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. And um, and so I guess, like I said, the question for me is just like with Rodgers' schedule down the stretch here, and having been this efficient for this long, something's got to give. So what's it going to be? Um, we'll find out. Uh, what are your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I feel like Cam maybe paid for 2019 Zeke Elliott here. Um, simple fact of the matter is, is that you know Zeke Elliott has not looked like Zeke Elliott. He hasn't. He doesn't even look like the best running back in Dallas right now. Uh, Tony Pollard does. Uh, in addition, uh, again, we talk about bye weeks here. Cam's in a good spot playoff wise, but he's not clinched anything. Now he's going to be without uh, Zeke for this week. And, you know, Zeke was also dealing with a hamstring injury. Those things tend to linger. And even though he played through it, it's no guarantee he does next week after the bye or anything like that. In addition, Joe Mixon's already banged up. Um, So I understand kind of playing the, like, let's have a deep lineup like that angle. But, I mean, he's still starting Alshon Jeffrey this week. You know, it's just like... I don't. You took a, you took a massive downgrade at quarterback, and there's nothing wrong with Stafford and Burrow like that. That's a good tandem right there. Is it better than Rodgers and and Burrow? No, it's not particularly close. Um, but like I, said, I get what Cam was doing. He he saw that. He just saw the same thing I did. That schedule starting next week for Rodgers really tough. Three really good passing defenses. Um, you know, and Rodgers is an older guy. You mentioned touchdown regression is probably going to come at some point. But there are times where you have, you know, just schedule beaters, just guys, doesn't matter who's on the schedule, they're going to have a great game, you know, 14, 15 times a year. And Rodgers has already had his clunker on top of that, um, a negative 0.2 game or whatever against Tampa, I want to say. So I feel like this is a bit of a drastic overpay. Now, in Cam's defense here, getting Sterling Shepard, that's a, that's a nice addition. That's a solid, sneaky addition. Matthew Stafford, again, nothing to sneeze at as a quarterback. He's a fine, low-end quarterback one, quarterback two, and with Burrow, that gives you that gives you a legitimate chance every week. And then, obviously, Zeke, despite him being pretty bad by Zeke's standard, still been a fairly reliable runner this year, um, although not for the last month. A.J. Green getting a ton of targets, not a ton of uh, production per se. And then James White at this point, he's just kind of a, a throw-in. He's really not that valuable um, to anybody. So um, it, it, it's pretty easy, I think, if you're camped to look at it and say, really what I did is I traded Aaron Rodgers for Matthew Stafford, Zeke Elliott, and Sterling Shepard. And in a vacuum, or at the beginning of 20, you know, at the beginning of the year, we would have thought, what a, what a home run that is. Uh, but it's just, it's not, but Stafford's still dealing with a concussion. Um, you know, it's a guy who gets banged up. He's missing his best target right now. So there's a lot of downside here, uh, to this trade for cam. Um, whereas Brian now has arguably the best quarterback tandem in the league. Um, we, him and him and I were just talking about this. I think him and I have the best duo of quarterbacks in the league. Um, him having Rodgers and Watson and me having Russell and Ryan, um, that's going to put you in a lot of, you know, that's going to give you a chance pretty much every week 
almost regardless of how bad the rest of your team is. Um, so these things, you know, still have to work out. There's still a ways to go here. Uh, I just feel like Cam maybe paid a little bit for who Zeke Elliott was, not who he is right now. Um, and that that's a dangerous game in fantasy. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think that one of the arguments that Cam made is that, you know, Zeke will get – Zeke, he, he suspects – he anticipates that Zeke will get better with Dalton under center. And and I think that he might actually be right about that um, as far as Zeke being better than he's been with with Gilbert and Danucci. Um, but the bottom line is, is it this is not gonna be the same, you know, offensive context that we've seen with Zeke over the years with Dak in that offensive line. That's not that's not what, what this is. And Cam's not saying that that's what this is, but even if you get Dalton back, their offensive line has been has been going through some things uh, all year as well. So um, and then you look at the defense and how atrocious they've <laughs> been and they're constantly playing down. And so you get away from the run game when you're down two scores, two plus scores. Um I wouldn't be surprised if Zeke was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, Right. I think there's also a possibility here that we get to week 14, 15, 16, 17, where Zeke's still banged up. The offensive line is awful. The Dallas Cowboys fall out of playoff contention in that horrible NFC East. And they say, you know, let's, either shut Zeke down, get him healthy for next year. Let's uh, give the kid Pollard. Let's give him some extended run here and rest Zeke down the stretch. Um, I think that's, a, those are possibilities here. It's it's not just that Zeke's, you know, injured. That's not what it is. He just hasn't been that good this year, even with Dalton under center, which is only what two games or so. He's had a string of like five point games. Like there's just not, he doesn't look as explosive. He just does not look like the same player. Um, can a bye week solve all that? I mean, maybe stranger things have happened. And if you're going to bet on somebody just magically turning into his old self, Zeke Elliott's a pretty good bet, but it's just that it's still a bet. It's still a risk. It's a gamble. Um, and I don't like taking that gamble with Aaron Rodgers, uh, the way he's playing. So We'll see, but uh, it certainly can work out for both guys. It can work out for Cam. It could work out for Brian individually. But uh, at the end of the day, I like this move for Brian a bit more than I do for Cam. And uh, and I agree. I, I feel like I just, in my view, I feel like he just didn't get enough to, to pull the trigger on, on letting Rodgers go. Yeah. So, um, but time will tell. Uh, so now we have another trade here this morning between TJ and Tyler and Tyler texts me after this trade and said, like, see, does it all make sense now? And so he trades, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jamichael Hasty to TJ for Alex Smith, who was just picked off, picked up off waivers this week and. He will be the starting quarterback for the Washington football team for the rest of the season. 
and uh, and Chris Carson. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, uh, if you want to combine this trade with the trade he made with you, Tyler's total haul for in the for as far as Russell Wilson is concerned was Russell Wilson for let me scroll back down here. Russell well, Wilson for Russell uh, Wilson, Hasty, and uh Yeah, so he gets Madison. Kirk Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. Austin Hooper, Zach Moss, Chris Carson, and Alex Smith. Alex Smith. So that's his total haul for Russ. Um and then of course he also had to let Alexander Madison and Jamichael Hasty go, but nonetheless, mainly for Russ. Right. So as far as this trade though, this individual trade right here is concerned. Tyreek Hill basically listen, I'm not trying to undermine Jamichael Hasty, but I'm gonna undermine Jamichael Hasty. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Ty- it's pretty much Tyreek Hill for Chris Carson and Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that given where Tyler's at, um, with his roster, that's a win for him, you know, and I can understand why TJ would be willing to make the move. Um, because to him, Alex Smith is totally expendable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the only reason he picked him up in the first place was for him to be in this deal. So Tyler could get him because Tyler doesn't have any fab. Right. Um, so Pretty much for TJ, it's who would I rather have, Chris Carson or Tyreek? I'll take Tyreek, you know. Yeah. So, um, right. That's how and I mean. That's how I see the trade. Right, and I mean you factor in again. Tyreek's on bye this week. Tyler's in must-win mode now. That's why he wants the quarterback this week so he can play two of them, um, even if those two are Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins. Um, but there's something that. Tyler's kind of banking on here and that's that Chris Carson actually plays this week and that's far from a given. He didn't practice today. He hasn't really practiced at all the last three weeks. He's going up against a tough Rams defense. Even if he does play, Ethan Posick has a concussion. Uh, Damian Lewis is basically going to be asked to guard uh, um, Aaron Donald one-on-one in this matchup. Um, there's there's some potential here that you know if Carson doesn't even play, uh, then then there's no benefit to trading Tyreek. Uh, so it's a gamble here, but I, I think part of it is what you mentioned is, you know, if Tyler thinks the ship's going down and the odds are definitely stacked in that favor, why not get a player that you really like and just kind of roll the dice? And if you you know pull something off, you do it with guys that you like, you know, and it's fun. Um, but I, I think there's some real uh, – I, I'd, I'd just be very cautious about, you know, if Tyler's thought process here is, well, Chris Carson is going to help me this week and I need the help this week. Are you sure about that? Well, so he did He did put in a waiver claim on on um, Carlos Hyde. but He's not going to play this week either. There you go. He tried Pete to Carroll, get Hyde. Yeah. Right. Pete, Pete Carroll came out today and said that Chris Carson is ahead of Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde ain't playing this week, folks. So, um, and Chris, Chris Carson might not either. So it, it's a gamble here. Um, makes a lot of sense for TJ, like you mentioned, and I understand it from Tyler's standpoint, but it's a risk. And, you know, Tyler's in a position where he has to take risk. 
And if he wants to, you know, stack up all those players that he got for Russell, um, that's a lot of quantity. That's a lot. How much of it is, you know, is it, did he trade a dollar bill for, you know, six dimes? Six is better than one, but a dollar is still better than 60 cents, if that makes sense. So um, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I, I, like I said, I certainly understand where Tyler's coming from in both of these moves. Uh, it's it's win or go home for him right now. So uh, he's trying to, to trying to make something happen. Sure. Uh, well, we'll see. You know, it's funny how you, you mentioned that he's rocking – Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith, and we just got done talking about some of the best QB combos in the league, and here we've got Tyler out here with the little peanut pop guns, you know? <laughs> Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins, the, you know, the efficient, you know, uh, low-volume passers, I don't know. We'll see how I we'll see how it plays out for him, you know? He did what he felt like he had to do and started filling some holes in his roster. And I guess the question I would ask is, you know, was it too little too late? Well, we'll find out. Um, all right, just a few more here. A couple more here. Perfect. Uh, so we had another deal, and these ones were just made today. The rest of these. Um, this one was just tonight it was isaiah and scott isaiah trades for marquise hollywood brown and tua and he gives up andy dalton garrett gilbert todd Gurley, and deontay johnson um i just i mean listen i'm just gonna say the obvious right like like i I guess the question that I have here is not even just just this trade or really to the league. Like, like what what do we think about Todd Gurley? Because apparently we've got a couple guys in the league now, that those being Casey and Isaiah, who, as far as I can tell, think that Todd Gurley ain't shit. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Like, Todd Gurley... It's, maybe I just haven't looked in a minute, but I'm pretty sure he's an RB1. And I know that a lot of people are going to say, well, that's touchdown heavy. Okay, well, and they all, and then everyone loves to say, well, you know, touchdown regression is coming. Are you sure? We're talking about the Atlanta Falcons offense. They, they put up points. The problem with Atlanta has never been that the offense doesn't work. It's that the defense never stops anybody. And Matt Ryan doesn't have that Russell Wilson mojo, okay? So, uh, I don't really know that the, that the touchdowns are going to magically evaporate for Todd Gurley. You know, I think that he's going to be a high volume running back mm-hmm. and he's going to score touchdowns. Is he going to score every week? Maybe not. Is he going to score most weeks? Yeah. I think he probably will. Um, and I just feel like when you look at this deal and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just missing something here i guess i guess what i would say is apparently isaiah's really buying what we saw from tua this past week that's all i can think is like he sees tua as a legitimate qb1 and so that's why he he gave up what he gave up because this just strikes me as a massive overpay 
for Hollywood Brown and Tua, but maybe you see it differently. What are your thoughts? So um, here's what, from evaluation standpoint, I think you're I think you're dead on. Um, as a Matt Ryan owner, I can tell you Todd Gurley touchdowns do not stop. Um, <laughs> it's a big reason why Matt Ryan can lead the league in passing yards and only have 12 touchdowns in nine weeks. So trust me on this, they ain't stopping. But I, I think when you look at this, you kind of go, okay, it's girl, it's a the Dallas quarterback situation. And I mean, basically you could say it's that for Marquise Brown, if you want. And then it's Tua uh, and uh, Deontay for uh, Gurley. And no, that, that's... No, 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 no. It's, it's, he, he got, he, so Tua, it would, that would have to be, if you're going to pair it up that way, it'd be Tua for Gurley and Deontay Johnson. Isn't that what I said? Oh, I'm sorry. The way I heard you say it was that uh, Tua and Deontay for Gurley. Oh, maybe I did. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, either way. Um, I'm just trying to find a way to make this fit where it looks okay. Um, but here's where I think... But does Tua for Gurley and Deontay Johnson sound okay to you? Because that sounds awful to me. It. I'd Obviously, I'd rather have the running back and the receiver there. Um, although I do like Tua quite a bit. But here's, where I, here's what I think you're missing here, Matt. All right. Um, and I don't know if you're missing or you're just choosing not to mention it. Um, Isaiah is eight and 10, right? He is in 11th place this week. The Dallas Cowboys are on by the Atlanta Falcons are on by. Got it. Scott is also eight and 10, one spot ahead of Isaiah. And now Scott does not have the Dallas quarterbacks or Todd Gurley to play this week. Um, so I think this is a situation. And again, I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. This is my hypothesis. Where Isaiah looks at the buys and says, I need, I'm playing Steven this week. His team's on a roll. He's not going to be here by bye weeks. I can't concede this week at all. I need to maximize what I can to hopefully try and scrape out at least one win. And while Andy Dalton and Garrett Gilbert and Todd Gurley help me more long term, they don't help me this week. And I can only worry about this week. That's my guess. And I'm not saying it's necessarily the right way to do this. But both teams are 8-10, and 10, and Scott wanted to take the risk on those guys being on by, and he was okay with that. And Isaiah was basically saying it's now or never. Um, I think he probably could have waited into the week, maybe you know, sent out a few more offers. And I don't know. like I didn't get an offer, and that's fine. So I don't know if anybody else did or not. But just one of those instances where it's like, mm, did you need to make this trade on a Wednesday? Or could you have made it on a Friday? You know what I mean? Um, and maybe he couldn't. I, I don't know what the Thursday night game is this week. So maybe that, that came into play here. But uh, I, I'm going to guess that this is more about Isaiah trying to survive this week than thinking long term because he really can't afford to. And for that matter, Scott kind of can't either. So interesting decision by both of these guys to accept the trade. Um, we'll see if it works out for him. I mean, yeah, but uh, I just feel like the league, but collectively, like somebody needs to, to speak up for Todd Gurley because we got a couple, we got a couple guys out here that sure as hell are not going to do it. So, anyhow, okay, the final trade, if you can believe it, 
and it's just we're just at the the one hour mark. So the final trade here is with TJ and Max, and TJ added Fournette and Goddard in exchange for Gerald Everett, Matt Breida, and Miles Gaskin. Um, I don't really know that I have any insightful, hard-hitting analysis on this trade, seeing as I don't really see how this made Max better at all. Um, that's pretty much all I have. That's all I got on this one. Um, so for Max, uh, he gets the Miami running game, which has been, you know, fairly productive this year. Okay. But, uh, but miles Gaskin is on IR and Matt Brito right. was not healthy enough to play this last week. Right. And, hamstring strain and his, okay. Wow. There you go. Hamstring. That doesn't linger. And historically, uh, Matt Brita has had right. health issues. So really right. Max got nothing at running back. <laughs> at, le- at least for the next three weeks probably nothing he got a big fat zero at running back i i, I think i think gaskin will is going to be back in two weeks but yeah either way okay okay um, maybe maybe so maybe right. gaskin comes back in two weeks nonetheless um for the time being max traded leonard fournette and dallas goddard for gerald everett <laughs> good for um, you max <laughs> uh again max pretty good position second place 11 and 7 uh that being said you know he's one oh and two week from potentially being jumped by one two three four five six six different teams could jump in this week um sounds like christian mccaffrey's not going to play for a while shoulder injury oh no who saw that coming a re-injury uh, Max has kind of built his team on the studs and duds strategy here. Uh, and as we've discussed in the past with Tyler, when he tried to do it, there are some pretty big holes with that strategy. You have to be careful. Um, so and Max wanted, goes out. And Max goes out and donates Dallas Goddard to his good buddy, TJ. Who's in third place and can easily pass him this week. Gold, um, bold strategy. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess, and this probably won't be published until Thursday morning because we got to wrap this thing up in like 15 minutes. Um, I'm going to guess that Max is going to put in a pretty aggressive claim on Savant Ahmed, uh, Ahmed from uh, Miami this week uh, to make sure he has a running back two to play. Although he has Mike Davis. So, I mean, it's not like he was ill-prepared for a Christian McCaffrey injury. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, it just seems like an unnecessary downgrade at tight end for maybe some help in two weeks, maybe. Uh, and like Fournette's really, he's not, he's a name more than anything right now, but he's still a, a guy who catches the football. Oh no. Oh, I love you guys. I love it. Oh no. What happened? No, I'm just laughing because you said oh. Fournette's just a name. He's a name. He's just a guy. He is. Okay. There's nothing special about Leonard Fournette. Nothing at all. You're right. No, there isn't. He's slow. He's slow. He's not explosive. He's not he's good. A, he's, he's hashtag ungood. He's hashtag Eddie Lacy. He's just not good, man. <laughs> he's just okay. a dude. He's just okay. a dude. He catches the football on occasion. That's it. Like, whoop-de-doo. He got beat out by Ronald Jones. I mean, 
come on. So anyways, uh, yeah, TJ got the better end of this trade. Um, Oh, you could say that again. (laughs) Anyways, uh, because we got a wrap pretty soon, I say we just jump over to waivers and, uh, I'm sure you'll go ahead and roast me on the message board for, you know, telling the truth about Leonard Fournette after we're done. But, uh, no, 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 we've already talked about Fournette today on the waivers. Oh, have you? Or, or excuse me, on the uh, on the league chat. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, here we go. Where were we here? Okay, here we go. Waivers. So obviously the big waiver pickup, if you want to, if you want to call it big, uh, the big waiver pickup was Alex Smith because Kyle Allen is out for the year. So any quarterback who is a starting quarterback in the National Football League and Superflex is fantasy viable. So. Alex Smith goes to TJ for $10. The second highest bid is $8. Uh, don't be um, overly uh, skewed, I suppose, by by the numbers as far as the fab numbers are concerned. People don't really have fab, so this doesn't really um, show how strongly necessarily that people felt one way or another. Uh, maybe the more telling number is just that there were eight bids. Um, yeah. So Alex Smith to TJ, and now we know that the reasoning is because he wanted to get Tyreek from Tyler. Um, all right, R- real fast before we move on to all these two and one zero dollar bid guys. Once again, I have to ask, Derek, my man, what are you doing? I that's that's so you know what I actually noticed the same exact thing. You know, didn't even I, put in a I bid. Was, I was thinking, here we are, you know, Derek's 6-11-1, and, and we're heading into week 10, and he, he doesn't have two quarterbacks this week. Sam Darnold is on bye. He's got 79 fab. So, so basically, anyone who's listening to this, let this be a learning experience, a learning moment for us all. When it comes to fab, some people like to play it aggressive early, and that works sometimes. You know, some people like to play it a little bit more conservatively, but, and that works sometimes too, but what you don't, you want, you, you want to be one of those two guys, probably what you don't want to be is the guy who's holding the bag at the end of the year, because guess what? You can't take it with you. Doesn't roll over to next year. It's not going to help you at all. When the trade deadline comes, you can't trade it for anything. It's just a big bag of money that you didn't spend. So while you're sitting there bleeding, bleeding out all year long, and that's the whole purpose of the fab is to make you competitive on waivers so, so you don't have to bleed. You don't have to bleed out. And so like I said, the bottom line is just just learn, let this be a learning moment for us all. Like, Don't be the guy who's stuck in the basement holding the bag at the end of the year. It just, it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't have to be that way. Continue. I mean, yeah, I just, he's Derek is starting Rex Burkhead, uh, in his super flex. He had, he had, I was convinced he was going to throw the bag at Alex Smith and he really should have honestly, because guess what? Alex Smith this week, uh, is playing at Detroit. 
Uh, you look at his schedule the next three weeks at Detroit, Cincinnati, at Dallas. No, I get it. I get it. It's 36-year-old Alex Smith. And last week against the shit-ass New York Giants, he threw three interceptions. I get it. Okay. I, I didn't watch that game. So I can't tell you whether or not those were egregious uh, interceptions or not. I could I, like I understand there's definitely reason to sort of you know temper your expectations here, okay? But that being said, if you're in his position and you've got Cam Newton versus Baltimore, oh that'll go over well, I'm sure. Um, Shit, you're lucky if you don't get negative points as far as I'm concerned in that in that matchup. But anyways, Cam Newton versus Baltimore and you got Burkhead in the Superflex. How in the hell are you not throwing 50 bucks at Alex Smith to lock him up so you could throw him in your Superflex? Or even take Alex Smith and try to trade him. Like if you want to do one quarterback, and just kind of roll with the best player possible in Superflex. That's fine. That's a viable strategy. Garza did it for most of last year, and it worked for him. Um, obviously, he kind of had a super team around the Superflex, but it, it it can work. But you have to have that piece to trade. And I just I, I don't understand like I, why are you not putting yourself in the best position to win every single week? Because at this point, zero and two for either Derek or Garza and it's lights out it's over so um I just I don't know why 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 not even a bid like forget you know bidding eleven dollars or fifty dollars or all seventy nine dollars all of that would have been totally like if he dumped his entire load on Alex Smith I would have been like I get it man I do but he didn't even have to he's got more money than anybody by like 60 bucks so uh, okay, by $43 is the next highest. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. What are, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Come on, Derek. That's, don't give up yet. Keep fighting. That's totally fair. Totally fair. Um, anyways, all right. So the rest of these, maybe not the biggest names. That's okay. Just some, some names we'll throw out there. Scott picks up Michael Pittman for two bucks. Um, you know, TJ picks up Josh Reynolds for two bucks. Sounds like he's going to play him this week against the Seahawks. Um, Jake Smith picks up Jacob Hollister for a buck. TJ picks up Troy Main Pope, um, from the Chargers for a buck. And then we got a bunch of $0 bids. Perhaps the most interesting ones here, Taysom Hill. Um, there were two bids on Taysom Hill. It was Max and Isaiah. Taysom Hill, for those of us who were watching uh, Sunday Night Football this past week, he scored uh, he scored almost 10 fantasy points. Uh, two weeks ago, scored 13. So not, not the greatest, obviously, and there's obviously downside because there's some weeks here where he scores zero or negative points. Um, but nonetheless, last two weeks he's looked good. Um, as a desperation starter, you could do worse. Um, the best, maybe, maybe the best. I'm listen. It's tough to get too excited about Kalen Balaj, okay? But Kalen Balaj just had probably the best game in his career. 
And may that's I know that much. I that's fair. I know that he was um, sent back to the practice squad on Monday, but they can they can call him back up, and they might. He that he just might for the ultimate revenge game in NFL history, Kalen Bellage at Miami. Get him in your DFS lineups. You know. It, Hard pass. As a as a contrarian play, get him in your DFS lineups. Hashtag revenge game. Hard um, pass. Um outside of that, uh, another really another really interesting uh pickup. Uh well potentially interesting. Uh Julian Edelman for zero dollars. I know that he's injured, obviously. I dropped him. I drafted him and then I dropped him. Um, maybe he comes back and contributes. Someone's got to catch passes from Cam Newton. Maybe, maybe he doesn't maybe. come back. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. But um, his timetable is sort of indefinite. But it could maybe be interesting, and it costs you nothing to find out other than a roster spot. So if you got, which the, I had two open. Yeah, if you got the roster spot, why not? Um, yeah. And then I guess it's worth mentioning, even though I don't think it's particularly impactful, that Brian picked up Kittle. Um, and maybe Kittle comes back for championship week. Although I'm going to be really frank here. The Niners are not good. Um, especially with all the injuries they've sustained. It's not their fault. They actually are a good team. I love to hate them. It's my favorite thing ever. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, maybe he comes back. It's doubtful, but if, but if he does come back, um, you know, then, that could pay off, I suppose, for Brian, maybe. But why would they bring him back? They're not playing for anything. I don't know. I doubt it. But he did get picked up. Kittle's a big name. So it is it it is worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, anything free. anything I missed? Anything else you want to add? I mean, do we want to talk about the return of, of Mason Rudolph? <laughs> no, because uh, he's not returning. Honestly, the only reason I picked up Mason Rudolph and um, Keenum was just because both my quarterbacks were on the COVID list. I was very, very confident that Baker would get activated and he'd be fine. I was a little bit more worried about Ben, not even because of the knees, really, his knee stuff. I'm talking about the COVID stuff because Vance McDonald tested positive and Ben is a close contact to Vance McDonald. Sounds like they're pretty close as teammates. You know, their lockers are right next to each other. They rode together on the plane. On the plane. And uh, McDonald uh, tested positive on Monday. So if you're really that close with somebody, then you got to imagine there's a good chance that you're going to test positive. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, if there's one thing we know about Ben Roethlisberger is that he really understands personal boundaries. Um Yes. Really good at giving people a space and um, allowing them to breathe and maybe even scream. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but, hey, no, it, it's okay. Because, again, the formula is for every Super Bowl title, you get to be accused of rape once. That's At least that's how it works for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I don't know how it works for other teams. But, by the way, Antonio Brown just accused of rape again. Uh, third time, I believe. So, um, hey, you know, things are going great for that uh, that old – purple or not purple and gold go go dogs uh things are going great for the old black and gold um this week so good job guys good job eight no oh man um that being said 
I don't have anything um, anything left that I wanna that I wanna throw out there. So, do you have any closing remarks for the people? Um, I would advise against running with my uh, one Super Bowl equals one free rape uh, material. Um, that's just not a formula that's going to really work out for anybody in life. So um, <laughs> I, I would avoid that formula. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm by no means a, a uh, lawyer or anything, but I'm sure that's something that Max will back me up on here. Um, just seems like a recipe for disaster. Uh, so, um, you know, drive safe, don't rape, uh, have fun. And uh, it's still wide open, guys. I mean, if you're pretty much anybody in the league right now, you still have a shot. Um, so best of luck. There you go. And with that being said, this is your boy, Matty G, the Omega-3 Poppy with <laughs> Colby Patnone signing off, reminding you to get your Omega-3s and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.